What's up, people? Hotel Jesus. We back with another sharp conversation with Hotel Jesus. Real quick. Shout out to Chad. Shout out to Ebony. Shout out to Trish. Shout out to Rita holding me down in the chat. Mods keep holding me down. I appreciate you. Anybody acting stupid, you hit them with that good old-fashioned Hotep Jesus block button. This is how we get down. This is how we get down. This is how we get up. Tad Lemoyne with a 499 Super Chat. He says, shout out to Trey. Blessings of health and wealth. Safety you, bro. Oh, yes, yes. We got a very, very special conversation here today. A very special brother. Um, one of our very own Hoteps. Um... Very interesting conversation we're going to have today. You guys are going to learn a lot. Um, we're going to learn a lot about activism on the ground. Um, from a primary source, somebody living through it. Somebody said daily, their daily life. Um, I spoke to him on the phone the other day, and he had a very, very interesting story. And I was like, you know, as he was talking to me, I'm like, bro, you need to come on my channel and tell this story. So, you know, that's how this conversation came to be, came to be about. But without further to do, the Grifties are coming on the 21st. Make sure you hit that, hit that link. They're passing it around in the chat. Make sure you hit that link. Take a few seconds, go over there, subscribe to that channel. That's the exclusive Grifties channel. Make sure y'all get in tune with that over there. That extravaganza. Extravaganza. You feel me? Shout out to all my hoteps. I see heavy metal hotep. Without further ado, the incomparable. None other than Trey, aka Black Mountain Hotep. Trey, what's up, homie? What's up? How you doing? Oh man, I'm I'm living life. I'm a little tired, but um, you know, yeah. when you sleep deprived, you you tend to have a little bit of you know, energy for some reason, right? So that's where I'm at right now. A little bit of sleep deprived. But we're going to get through this. Uh, very important conversation we have in a day about your life as an activist. Um, welcome. Welcome to my channel, bro. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hotep. Hotep to the family. Hotep to all y'all. So, yeah. so the other day... Uh, we were on uh episode of Hotel's Been Told You. And um you were expressing some concerns. And uh at the time I, I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? You right? And then you were like, yo, we need to talk. So I was like, all right, gave you my phone number. We connected last week. I you started telling me your story, and I was like, What? What's going on? I'm like, oh man, this is a lot to digest. So I want you to just take us through the same conversation we had on the phone today. You know, I want you to start with, let me see here. Um, I want you to start with what your mission was. You're in Colorado, right? Yes, I'm in Colorado right now. Right. I want you to start off with, you know, how you started out in this activism then, then slowly take us through, I might stop you here and there, but slowly take us through some of the roadblocks you have um, and, and whatever else. So, so, so start us off with, with 
with, uh, you know, what got you into this whole activism thing out there in Colorado and what the mission was? Well, uh, you know, I, I had an extensive history before becoming this person, you know, and there was extensive history in criminality. I've been locked up for five and a half years in the state of Colorado. And when I was in prison, I had a lot of interactions with uh, white supremacy in ways that people who often talk about it the most probably have never had in their life. And uh, I was learning that this was specific to Colorado as far as the type of white, white supremacy that happened out here on the ground, right? Because systemic, systemic you know, racism, that exists. We know it exists and it exists in different you know, realms. I'm from Baltimore and back there, you could point out a whole system that's different than the, what you feel out here. And so when I got out of prison, I started uh, educating myself a lot on what was really important to me first. And then through this road, I ended up going to Florida, you know, chasing a woman. And while I was out there, you know, she told me uh, I had all these developing ideas and she was like, you need to talk to somebody else because I can't really have these conversations with you. And so then I started finding black history while I was working because I'm a painter. So, you know, you put your headphones on and you get the work in. And so I started listening to tons and tons of black history. And then I just started ordering books and, uh, Eventually, I ended up leaving her and coming back here to Colorado. And through that journey, while I was doing that, I started essentially waking up to Hotepism before I even uh, found out who you were. And so I saw your interview, and Which I interview? saw how the Joe Rogan, the, the Joe Rogan interview, okay. right? And so that's what that's what brought me to you, right? And I listened to you speak, and I was like, this man sounds exactly like myself when I'm preaching to every single brother that I've ever come across in prison on the street, this dude sounds like who I preach to when I'm preaching at uh, white dudes, you know, I'm a skater, right? And so I've been at, you know, I, I, at my local skate park, there's a bunch of white kids who I've grown up with, right? And I've essentially preached to them in ways that, you know, in ways that I preach to other brothers, but you know, just separated, right? And so I was like, all right, whatever he's doing, I need to understand this process. And so I started studying what you do. And of course I just kept up on all my other studies, you know, I went to I went deep into the rabbit hole way past polite. And okay. uh <laughs> and then what I discovered was, you know, what uh what what black what black inspiration and black power means to me and what I needed to do. So I was like, I'm I need to get out there and I need to help my brothers and sisters here in Colorado because this is where I live. And I know what's happening systemically, I know what's happening on the ground, and furthermore, I just I know what's I know what's happening. Things that they don't understand, uh, systems they don't understand, and through following Hotep Nation, I was able to explain complex systems of you know politics to these niggas out here. So it was it was a different type of mindset I was coming with. And then of course George Floyd was murdered, and so when that happened, I I came out a couple days after the first big protest that popped off. First big protest popped off here. People got pepper sprayed, tear gas. She was, she was wild, she was wild. Okay. And, uh, and I was watching, I was watching. And I made a video on my, on my YouTube channel and I was like, the movement's gonna get taken from black people. Y'all don't understand, right? I was, I was worried. And I was like, you don't understand, this is, this is history, this is history. And so I went out there. And when I went out there, I discovered black people. I discovered a lot of black people in Colorado who wanted to do something, right? But they didn't know uh, you know, when when you live as a minority of black people and a majority of white people, your opinions are shaped by 
by the by the white you know by the white people there or or whoever is the dominant society in that area the majority the majority right they shape the opinions yeah and so the things we was trying to do out here the things that we needed they were never spoken of because those opinions had been shaped by the majority you're talking about the so, white you're talking about the white liberal white liberal because this because this is colorado so we already know what colorado's about and so I was like, you know, I, I need to get out there and I need to really reach these people. And so when I got out there, I saw these black people moving. I saw uh, I saw a whole black man uh, surrounded by a bunch of black men and women leading thousands of white people through Denver streets. And they were marching. And, and I saw I joined these marches and I got I like walked up to the front. I got my board. Right. So I'm skating in the front of these marches, listening to the rhetoric and listening to what they're talking about. And I'm like, you know, these brothers are they got the people, but they don't have the message that's going to reach the people, what I saw was, I saw all these white people out here and I saw them all willing to either give money to help, give their uh, physical effort to help or just be a body on the street for you. And I saw these I saw these black men and they weren't really steering the conversation, they were just steering the people. And so I thought I needed to get in contact with these brothers, right? And so I started, you know, pulling each one from the side whenever we would stop a large march or, you know, and, and it was, it reminded me of, a. Uh, it reminded me of like the Republic, uh, Plato's Republic. Like, you know, like some, some days you'd be sitting around and it'd just be groups of black people all talking about the things you need them to talk about at the most important time, mm. uh, as far as, you know, as far as people in my generation go. And so I injected myself in there and I started talking to this brother and that brother and that brother. And then, you know, the white liberals tore one down and tore a whole protest movement down. And it was, it was, it was dust for a couple days. And what do you mean they that tore dust, down? Oh, they 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 use their they use really good tactics to uh, to conflate a black man with police because he made the mistake of walking with police and letting police speak on his platform when he knew that they didn't want anything to do with you know what he was pushing forward. It was it was publicity to quell the masses and to show unity within uh, you know within the citizen, the deputized citizen, the police officer, and the state mm. and. Uh, and they and they failed at that. They failed at that because they don't teach the people well enough. So they were able to take their opinions and take what they did and make it into something else. And they made him they they made him out to be a lot of things. They made him out to be an agent. Then he was a regular cop. You know, he was this, he was that, but he wasn't a black man trying to do things. Mm. And throughout this, the socialists really they got really strong and they kind of took over the protest, the largest of the protest movements. And so myself and about five other black dudes were just walking around. And then I ended up meeting another black woman. And then I ended up meeting another one and then another one. And so it was a small group of black people surrounded with the peppering of whites. And we were just deciding to move around and make these protests for ourselves, make a movement for ourselves that didn't involve BLM, that didn't involve Antifa, that didn't involve any type of ideology. Because another thing that I wanted to get to the people was that, you know, we have a lot of support behind Black Lives Matter, but we should have support behind the black people and not Black Lives Matter because of what they were doing. Mm. And I knew, just like you knew, you know, we all, and I'm pretty sure every hotel at some point in time has said the same exact thing about these people. And if they haven't, and they call themselves a hotel, they need to rethink, you know, they need to be hyperbolic for a minute and, and, and really check what's going on. So. So, you know, I, I went out there and I started running protests at night and with the help of a bunch of brothers and sisters, I started getting like a lot of people to follow and listen. And so now it was 
teach them, teach them, teach them. And it wasn't teach them, you know, the same stuff you hear in a BLM march where they quote their favorite, you know, inspirational black revolutionary. It was teach them what it meant for those people to exist at that time. Teach them what those people were actually saying and how that reflects to us, you know, essentially teach them the right way, reteach these people. Mm. And so as this progressed, I mean, I, I never really saw it happen the way it happened, but it just kept moving and moving and moving because we decided to do things. You know, we, uh, we would go out and in the beginning, you know, the protest was wild. We were stopping traffic for sure. But when we were stopping traffic with the, uh, it was, and this was the idea of a, of a trans unhoused person, wasn't even a black person, wasn't, was any, it, was a, it was a trans person and they were unhoused. And they said, you know, we should educate the people while we stop them so that they don't get angry and we look like everybody else trying to start fights, right? And so we stopped traffic and we would pass out pamphlets. And on the pamphlets, there would be information on what's happening in the state, how people can vote to sway things in the favor of the people who are struggling. How, well, uh, you know, what's happening with uh, the unhoused people, uh, black people out here? Because really, black and indigenous people in Colorado are screwed. Everybody else does quite well, including us. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to say it, because, right? Because there's an ICE facility here. And at the same time, every single contract company I've ever worked for that has been making major moves in Colorado is owned by someone in the Hispanic community. So mm. on one hand, so they weaponized their struggle against us, right? Mm. It was all of this happening. And so we were teaching people all of these things in their vehicles and we were getting through to people. And so mm. we started getting support from these people. Eventually cars stopped driving through us and stop, started, you know, stopping at 10 feet in front of us or 12 feet in front of us and just, and just waiting. Some people would get out of their cars. Some people would come and join us. And uh, my purpose was to steer this and make the narrative, our narrative, so that when we were done in the streets, they would follow us into the chambers. They would follow us into the economic centers and wherever and so on and so forth. Mm. And so we were able to do that to a degree. Mm. And uh, I mean, since then it's, gotten really, really hectic. And I was leading, uh, you know, bigger marches. And then I stopped. I stopped because I got, uh, I got canceled. I got canceled myself because of my tweets. And then when I got canceled, I came back with a vengeance because people were before that following me. And I was telling them, you know, I'm Hotep. I'm this, I'm that. And there, there was one point I stood out there and I was, I said, you know, I, I spoke exactly as Khalid would speak. I said, I'm a black nationalist. I'm a Hebrew Israelite. I'm a hotep. I'm all of these things. I'm a black man. And these are all mine. And this is what it means to be this. Right. Mm. And they followed and ate that up, ate it up and ate it up. But once I started really attacking their, the socialist agenda and the difference between us as black people and as, as liberators and, and what they really are, then things started to, to snowball. Then they started to, you know, like people, people didn't want to engage in those conversations. Mm. Hotep, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like there was a time when we had a whole camp around the governor's mansion. And when we had that camp, we had a brother who was reading one of my books to these white, uh, white liberals. And the book was the ISIS papers. He was sitting there doing a live reading of the ISIS papers. And not only were they listening, they were understanding and soaking it up and asking questions about it. So we were changing liberals into hoteps. Oh, and then man. what ended up happening, yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. And then what ended up happening was, you know, uh, the, a lot of the larger communist movements and socialist movements out here, they wanted to maintain and keep 
the conversation on them. They wanted to have the the eyes on them. These are white, these are white uh, socialist controlled entities. These are white socialist controlled entities with a, a peppering of black people. Okay. What they do is they, they 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 grab the most liberal black person. You know how they do? They put them up front and they get them to they get them to to to, to buck dance. And some you know I speak I've spoken to a lot of these people, and some of them are on my mindset. One one girl I spoke to, uh, it was we had to break up a, a protest in front of the police station, and this was before I started doing anything. And I spoke to this young black woman. And she was fire with this, like everything that came out of her mind. I was like, wow, you really on this level? That's what's up. Mm. If, if we got people out you, like you out here, you know, we're going to be making moves. Yeah. And she got soaked up by the uh, PSL, Party of Socialism and Liberation. And started speaking about socialism. Became a socialist like that. Mm. And so I was like, I, we need to stop this. And they saw me actively doing that. And so... They went and they canceled me. We were doing a lot of things, man. We so, were so so we, so. I, I want to talk about the PSL, and I want you to to illustrate that day where you rec- first recognized the PSL was leading that march that day around the PlayStation. I want you to detail like you detailed it to me on the phone. So, we were we were uh, marching on the on the on the road. We left this municipal center, and uh, my group that I came with, we do, we call, we call it security. That's what we call it. We're not security guards. You know, those of us who had the ability to open carry in the stuff, in that area, I'm sure they might've exercised their right, who knows, but we are not actual security guards. And so we showed up and we did medical capacity work and we helped evacuate people as citizens who were just as deputized as perhaps a, a, a white militia would be walking down the street. We were geared up, we were uh, radioed up, and we were there for the express purpose of making sure that if someone got hurt, we could get them to safety, period. If uh, if they led any march anywhere, we could get them to safety, period. So the PSL so, was leading this march. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't our march. We right. and they hate they hate us because we show up and we do these things. Right. And and we expose a whole a fallacy in their in their revolutionary mindsets. Okay. And so they led this march. And out of nowhere, it was supposed to be around the police station. They sprung it on us on social media. So people inherently were swept up in the frenzy. We're like, yeah, let's do it. We're going to get justice for Elijah McClain. They were trying to get the officers who killed Elijah, Elijah McClain fired. That's what they wanted. And so that's a cause. I, that's a noble cause if that was the cause that they were trying to do. But that's not what they were trying to do. And so we get around this police station and before before we get to the police station, I believe you said you were warning people and telling people, hey, they're leading you to the police station because a lot of people weren't aware and you were pointing out exits and all of that. No. So what we do is since we don't have the ability to communicate with them, they didn't want they don't want to communicate with us. And so we have to essentially guess what they're going to do in order to do our operational security. And so. If we're on the highway or if we're on the open road, they're not doing things like blocking the roads down um, ahead of time or putting people at the crosswalks to make sure that cars don't barrel through. You need you need you need people who are willing to stand there fearlessly and make sure the cars don't barrel through as a large march goes around the corner. And people say that's not true, but I've seen a, you know cars try to hit us. Uh, one of our friends, a security, got hit by a car because of things like that. So 
we are there to make sure that that doesn't happen. And as they move, we make sure we, we run around, we look for exits up and down the roads. You know, let's, let's say uh, somebody opens fire on us and they're driving on one side of the road. We need to be able to get people to safety quick. So we analyze the ground as it moves. That way we can get people to safety before anything bad happens because the leaders of the protests are not doing it. They're okay. not doing it. Right. So you're telling, you're also like educating some of the black people in this march about what's going on and, and, and your movement and how it's different and so on and so forth, right? Yes. And so, so what I would do in, in the beginning, in the beginning, we all kind of did this together because it wasn't a lot of us, right? When I got put into a, when I, and I say put because I didn't ask for, you know, I may have asked to, to lead my own people, but I didn't ask to lead all these white people. And, and obviously that, and, and so I got put in a position where I was. Yeah. And so what I would do is while they keep that security, I'm running in and out with me and one other, there was me and one other brother who were running around, right? But he typically would just watch. Me, I'm running around and talking to people and educating them on where they can go to not get led into a trap or not get led into a, a firefight, not get uh, misled, uh, uh, you know, opinion-wise. All of these things are important yeah. because they, if they see you teach and they see you in a capacity of leadership, and they, and it's not just me, they look at everyone at this point like they're a leader because I tell every single person, be a leader and tell me how can I lead. That way we have a team of leaders out there, a team of wolves out there. And so we were out there. That's how we operate. I'll run around. I'll teach people. I'll tell them, you know, listen, this isn't how things are supposed to go. Or do you know what they're actually chanting for? You know, I, I, I don't directly go with the protest uh, movers, you know, PSL, the group or whoever's leading the march. What I do is I attack the rhetoric that's you because it's not always the people, it's the rhetoric that they use. What kind, like that that? That Say? what kind of rhetoric is that? What kind of rhetoric is that? They use socialist rhetoric. They use class rhetoric. They're the, the working class. One of the uh, famous statements that they said to one of, uh, one of our protests, one of our friends was, we're not here to liberate and help everybody. We're here for the working class. This, is, this came out of the mouth of a white woman in a PSL shirt. Uh. So this, this, these, these are experts. You know, these are the truth about uh, the, those types of movements. When you see black people trying to move shit and you see all these uh, flags up behind them, I guarantee you, if you have a conversation with that leader, that protest leader, they may tell you a whole different, uh, you know, classification of what they believe in and why they don't agree with that flag that's in that march. But I'm going to tell you, you can't control 10 people in a crowd of 100. You have to control, you know, uh, the, the larger number of sheep and hope that those 10 people in there just don't become the agitators, mm. you know? So it's, it, it was wild. You know, we, we became a security to also stop people from agitating from within okay. because we would have protests and sometimes people would join our protests. And, uh, and, and I didn't even understand this, right? I, when I, one of the bigger marches that I led, the tail end of the march, these dudes were breaking windows and I had no clue. And this was in the early beginning. Um, once uh, one of our friends got snatched by the cops, I had no clue mm. because you can't see what's happening. You you have to have a, a team. You have to do it with a team. And if you don't do it with a team, anyone can take your march. Right. Uh, PSL took the march 
of these brothers that I saw when I first got out there. They stole the march and led them to the police station to protest in front of the police station. So and the, I went the with socialists him. showed up at somebody else's march, co-opted yes. it, and then led them to the police station. Yes, and this is what they do. So they'll show up on the ground. Uh, they'll show up on the ground and they'll just kind of float in the march and be the support. And then eventually they'll hop on their megaphone and spit their rhetoric. And people fall for it. They fall for it because it's not enough black faces out there to 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 say this ain't us. Yeah. It's, so the 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 mob, the mob gets swayed by the majority, which in this case tends to be leftist and white or liberal and white. Okay. And so. You know, they they out there, they practice, they're practicing a type of white supremacy that they don't understand when I try to tell them, you know, because they, they all see conservatism, right, under one umbrella. Mm. And they go, well, this is racist, this is racist, this is racist, and that is racist, while practicing a form of racism that is more inherently dangerous because you cannot see it. Uh. And that's what that's 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 why I stood out there. That's why I stayed out there. That's why I followed PSL, because what they were doing was poisonous to the minds of the people who actually could help my people at this point in time. OK, these people were willing to help. So, OK, so so now this march is happening. Uh, this the white socialists come into this march. The white socialists under the flag of PSL come into this march and lead people to the police station. Walk us through what happens. So. Once we get around there, you know, they're like, we're going to occupy it. They were all on. So they were blasting on social media about how they wanted to occupy the spot. And so those of us who were there who thought this was a bad idea, some of them left. But the majority of people stayed. And it was we're in Aurora. So this is a lot of black people. And there's a lot of black people just there who aren't there to do anything but follow PSL because they want justice for Elijah McClain. Right. That's the community. And PSL isn't a part of that community. Right. And so they lead these people there. They lead them there and they surround this police station. People are going up to the door, trying to lock the doors. Things are getting wild. And mm -hmm. while this is all happening, they're spitting their rhetoric. And I go up to one of the organizers and I say, just plainly, me as me is me and my girlfriend, now fiance. We walk up to her and we go, What is what is the point of this? Why are we out here right now? And she said, well, if we get tear gassed, then it'll go with the narrative and that'll gain more support. That if was all we, we needed to hear. If we if we get tear gassed, say that one more time. If we get tear gassed, it'll go with the narrative. It'll go with the narrative. Their narrative is a narrative. So, so what happened was they followed a blueprint and grifted off of the brutalization of our protest group. Because in the early beginning, was it October? It was July. So we had a tent in the park. Um, it's, uh, it's called Civic Center Park. Okay. And it's between the Capitol and the city council building in Denver. And we had a big tent there. And it was a mutual aid tent for the unhoused because the largest unhoused population existed in Civic Center Park. They all lived there. there was, it's like a, it was a, it's a it's literal like, tent it's city. Like, it's, it's like Skid Row in, in Cali. Facts, facts. And so we uh, posted a tent there and you could get medical services there, food, clothing. You could be directed to any shelter you needed to get to. We had people who were willing to take people home so that they could get people showers if they wanted to. These were all the things that these white people and black people were all willing to do for all of these unhoused people on the 
premise and on the very principle that they were indigenous, black, and unhoused. That was the only reason. Okay. And so they stayed out there. And so we posted up this tent and we had all these tents around. We were going to stay the night there in the same spot, not in the same exact area, but in the same part that all these other unhoused people sleep. That day, the, uh, the, the park ranger, they came and they told us we got 48 hours to get out, to vacate the premises. And so we're like, all right, we're going to use all 48. They came back that night and tore us to shreds, tore us to shreds. And that was when we learned, one, how to protect yourself properly. Two, the, it, it was a real face-to-face. And it was also the first time that we linked arms to prevent a direct confrontation between protesters and police. Because what happens is protesters, they want to get in the police face and they want to say these things. And you have to let them do that. You have to let them do that. But there's always one, two, three people on both sides, cops and your side, that have a thing and are ready to fight. And they might throw out that punch or they might throw out that gesture that starts it off. And so we linked arms to prevent that, to show not only are we unified, but if someone's going to get brutalized, it will be us at the hands of you. And it will be visibly shown that we were nonviolent in mm. this time. Mm. And so I was trying to show them how they could be nonviolent and get what they're wanting. Because to be honest, you have a violent revolution and then you have a systemic nonviolent revolution in my mind. And what they were trying to produce was a systemic nonviolent revolution. Mm. This is how you do it in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped. We held arms. They brutalized us. And it went viral because we were making call outs the whole time. Mm. Uh, also, there was a dude in the group who uh, now is uh, now now they are they now they identify as a they and pronouns. They tried to literally destroy me. It was another black man and tried to literally destroy me and remove me from the movement entirely. Got an army of white women to attack me mm. uh, uh, online. Like it. It, it was crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, anyway, but he was the one who got us all of that uh, essentially publicity because that's what happened. The narrative showed because that's what we had preached. We preached that we play judo, not taekwondo. Right. We come out and we state these things and we hold these spaces and we can prove that the police are violent. And that proof will get people on our side, not us attacking them, not right. us destroying something. The proof that they are violent at the face of those who are prepared not to move is how you get the actual support. Okay. And so that we got support from that. And PSL followed that model. They started showing up when they knew things might get hot. They started making references to things that only we would do. Mm-hmm. They started uh, making callbacks to us. They one night, one day I spoke on the, uh, the, um, the city council building stairs and they gave us their March that night. Mm-hmm. They handed up their March to us because they wanted to work with us. And I wanted them to work with us differently, right? I, I tried negotiating with them and saying, you know, listen, this is not about politics right now. There, there's some specific things we can actually do if we all come together. I think we should start a coalition and make this work properly. They were involved with, if you're not a socialist or a party member, period. And so they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't rock with us. They didn't rock with us. They just pretended to rock with us. And then when we started saying it in public, then they started calling us agitators. They started saying that every single person who was Antifa was us because everyone came out in black block and small little groups of these people who are who are who think that they're Antifa will come 
and make themselves the representative of the whole march when really the whole march is representative of the leaders and these people are representative of their own ideology. Mm. And so all of these things happen up until this point. So the protest around that police station was them following our model again, because was this, because this was, this was not, this wouldn't be the first time that they put us all in harm's way, but it would not, you know, it's, it was watching what happened to us that made them do these things. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's, it's quite different because when we look at what you were doing in the park, you were saying, look, here's a group of homeless people. We stand in solidarity with them. We want to make sure they get their essential needs, medical attention, food, da, da, da. Police are like, look, you got to clear out. We like, look, we're not clearing out. You gave us 48 hours. We'll move in 48 hours. But they hit on y'all on, 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 on that night and y'all locked arms. It wasn't like y'all went to the police to agitate, right? Nope. So it's quite different to where the PSL was like, we're going to take their model, but we're going to agitate and, and duplicate that model. So now what we yes. through that night when they, they, they marched this, they, they, they co-opt this protest, they march the people to the place, to the police station. And what happens next? So we get around the station and now they're spitting their rhetoric. And I decide the onus for, for those of us who are capable, the onus is now on us to help secure these people here. Because okay. what I foresaw and what a few others foresaw was, and, and by a few others, I mean us, is we're boxed in. Uh, at any point in time, they could come in any direction. And there's a lot of women and children, first of all. And I don't know if people know this, but during a tear gassing event, a lot of the women end up spotting right after for a while. And it, it's, we don't know what it's due to. It could be due to stress or chemicals. Uh, they say that they banned chemicals that they weren't using, but they were actively using them all the time during the whole protest season on us. Even though You're saying the women illegal. are developing skin conditions? No, no. Menstrual conditions. Spotting. Oh, wow. It's affecting yeah. their reproductive yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, was, it, was, it was a really big deal. And so, um, and so, yeah, so we were going around and I decided I'm going to try to communicate with these organizers and see what they're willing to do to help the situation. So I'm running around and I'm going, listen, you need to make sure that these people can get out this way if the police come out or if they can get out this way if the police come out. Because if what we're at right now, people are going to get brutalized. And they're like, well, I don't think that they'll do that. Some of them are saying that and others are saying, uh, well, if that does happen, it'll run with our narrative. So some don't believe it and some do. The major uh, leaders, they don't believe that the police are staging blocks around us, but we have security who is driving around sending us video of police staging blocks around us. And so they refused to believe it. And so uh, people, uh, all of a sudden, you started seeing these affinity groups of anarchists just start building barricades. And the problem with that is you start building barricades and you lock everybody in a little pig pen, everybody gonna get destroyed. And so I started going around and saying, hey, if if you're gonna do this stuff, you need to make sure people can get out. You need to make sure people can get out. You need to clear this. You need to clear that. You need to clear this and that. And for the most part, they're listening. But for the most part, as long as you don't speak in reverse, they're good. As long as everything you're speaking progresses uh, their belief that they're acting tactically, they'll respond to you. 
And so you have to be like, you know, technically it's not good to have this covered. You got to have this open. Really, I'm saying, nigga, if people get sprayed, they're going to run into this fence and y'all put this up. You need to make a hole. Yeah. They don't listen to that because they're not black. Yeah. So you got to make them feel deputized. And so you tell them, you know, this is what we need to make sure is done. Our main focus are the people who are not here for the shit. And that's what we're running around saying. Right. If you see people who aren't with the shit, teach them how to find goggles. Uh, teach them how to find goggles. Teach them how to find an umbrella if they start getting shot with pepper balls. You know, a uh, uh, gas mask if you need a gas mask. Like when people have to know these signs so that medical staff can run to them, give them the safety, give them whatever they made a sign for, and all of these things. And so we're doing this, teaching people how to protect themselves from PSL essentially, because PSL is it, they're trying to get into a thing. And so the night comes to a close. It stays the same all night. And then it comes to a close with the police coming in on us. And we knew that they were coming because we found out first, obviously. And so we came and we told them, and they were like, well, you know, uh, my security didn't see nothing. And, you know, if, if, they, do, if they do come around, and, and then y'all will handle it. That's what they're saying. When they're saying y'all, they think that y'all is me and all of these people. But really, y'all is, is, is the anarchists they're pointing to who are down with it, right? And so he doesn't know that by giving them that, it could become dangerous. Because if you tell an anarchist group, hey, y'all do whatever y'all want in my march, they're going to destroy and destroy and things are gonna go bad. And so this communication breaks down all the way and they get on the microphone and they're like, if y'all are with the revolution, then y'all can be on that side of the building. And if you're with the party, stay here because they decided they don't have enough people to lock it down. And so a few of the organizers leave, the majority of them stay, and they start telling people, well, we're still here, and we're just going to have a party while they do revolution. They forgot all about holding the police accountable, which they did got their, you know, they got on the phone with the police, uh, or with a, who was that lady? They, they got on the phone with, um, with uh, I think it was a congresswoman or something. Um, it was really public, trying to get the police fired and she was like well i can't do that for you lily and and then hung up the phone on her and so they just abandoned whatever it is they wanted to do and decided we're going to do this instead and when the police showed up they jumped in their car grabbed the mic and said if you're with psl let's go all it was was the five people that jumped into the pickup truck that one the two people who got into the the cab and then they drove off. They almost hit a dude on the way out. They almost hit a whole protester on the way out. And so they left. They're gone. Now wait, 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 wait. So these white socialists show up. Is this their march or a march they co-opted? This is a march that... Uh, so the march originally started at the municipal center. It wasn't by them, but it right. was by people who are adjacent enough that... If they show up, they might just be like, help me leave. Okay. Because sometimes sometimes people need help. Right. And so they'll coalition with someone right. close to their ideology to, to help lead them. Right. So because you need people. You need people. Right. So these white socialists come in, they create a coalition with these people, they start a march, they lead this march down to the police station. The police are now about to attack the people in the protest. And these white socialists hop in that truck and leave those people. 
They hop in the truck and leave. It, they hop in the truck and leave. These are recorded facts. The, the live streamers follow us everywhere. These are recorded facts. They jump in the truck and dip on us. And when they dip on us, they leave a bunch of activated anarchists, a bunch of angry protesters, and us, and also a bunch of activated communists and socialists and whoever, whatever it is they want to call themselves. Any anytime in any of these protests, anytime you see uh, any 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 black power, anything, it's probably me in the group of people that we all knew. And if I'm not out there, it's one of the people we all knew. It's not them. So it's a bunch of white people activated. They're already here with the shit because this big truck is coming along. These cops are coming along. It looks like stormtroopers once again. And so they're like, "This is our time." You can see, you can feel the tension. And so I run around and I'm telling people, "We need to." link up. We need to get close. We need to not be scattered around the police station because they can box us in and tear gas everybody. We need to secure evacuation routes for the people who don't have gear so that they can get out faster than you because what will happen is the cops will just shoot everybody. And after that, we need to make sure we can all advance and get out of here without there being arrest. And so we literally link arms. I construct, uh, I construct what's essentially um, a big crescent moon phalanx and I walk everybody out of the police station because there's half of us and we're, we're doubled in number by not only cops, but they bought cops from other districts. Not only did they buy, bring cops from other districts, they had National Guard. They've been calling National Guard on protesters. Hmm. They called National Guard on us. They've called National Guard plenty of times and then we watched them drive around and do their, you know, and, and do their operational security on us. Right. So, all of these is literally a shitload of cops, mm. a shitload of pigs, the state. And they're coming around the mountain on both sides. And so we walk everybody out. There ends up being one arrest. And it's because they parked at the police station. So they got attacked at the police station. But And, and then uh, one of our friends got their car towed because he also parked at the police station, but did not want to go back. And so we watched the car get towed. They, and on top of this, they shot one of our dudes in the face with a pepper ball, even though we were hundreds of feet away, clearly advancing because the dude gave him the thing. Advancing or leaving? Listen, uh, or leaving, sorry, because yeah. we were leaving. We were getting out of there because right. we were getting out of there. Uh, they were obviously upset and they came out because, you know, cops, they like the live action role play too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think about if I was a cop and this shit was going on, I would be like, yeah, man, I get to get on some gear and shoot these dumbass motherfuckers. Like, that's what they think. Right. This is they're getting paid to do this. Right. So they're trigger happy and they're they're they'll still cap off. So they end up shooting one of our friends in the face. Was it with a rubber bullet or was it with a pepper ball? Yeah, that one. We, so we have a friend who got hit with a rubber bullet, mm. and then we have a friend who got hit with a pepper ball. Actually, we have two friends who got hit with rubber bullets mm. in situations where they should not have, and then we and then the pepper ball. So anyway, that's that's essentially what happens at night. We get everybody out, one arrest. No confrontation with the police, you know, and that right there is what you, uh, for a situation like that, that's the outcome you can hope for mm. because you didn't lead it there. And the circumstances, if you don't get them out, then all things are destroyed. So the outcome is to make sure there's no arrest and make sure there's no confrontation mm. for the cops. You know, no one's going to support a protest movement if every time they come out, they feel like they're going to get brutalized or they right. feel like they're going to get attacked. No one wants to do that. And then we don't get support. And then we're still in the same situation here in Colorado where there's money to be had. 
money to be shared, the, the, the state builds and builds and builds property. And we can actually remove a lot of these funds and divert them to places they belong. And the state is willing to work with us, but we have to be able to show the effective ways to do it. And now we're at a point where they want to, they kicked us out of the city council chambers. Uh, we, we, had, we had people going in there. Uh, for the uh, for the center for the meetings because the city council members it's 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 open forum right it's probably like that in every state yeah and I think a lot of people don't realize if you just go in which you should be allowed to do and sit in on their meeting you have the opportunity to vote on something by being educated on that vote right. rather than sit at home see a bill coming through for your state and being like yeah I'll check off that not knowing you just displaced a bunch of unhoused people mm-hmm. we're not knowing that you just raised your taxes or not knowing that you're just offering to, you know, that some of those taxes are going to the very system. You don't even like. uh, So we taught people that and they kicked us out of there too. So it's, 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 it's been crazy with that. All right. So walk me through the situation you're having problems with Antifa on one side and the white conservatives on another side and the white conservatives are confusing you with Antifa. Talk, walk me through that dynamic. Oh my God. So, once the counter protesters really started coming out, once the once once MAGA and uh, first the first who came out was like small contingents of MAGA. This and, is when you had your event, right? Uh, so yeah, as we're as we're hosting our events, you know, this is feeding, first the, feeding the homeless. Of MAGA. You, you were feeding the homeless or something like that, right? Yeah. So, uh, one event. In particular, it was the event that that uh, that Patriot got shot in the face. On the other side of that Capitol building was a soup drive. And the soup drive was feeding unhoused people. It was just a literal soup drive, big old tent, food and unhoused people walking by to get aid. OK, the counter protesters came out. The Tegan militia came out, which is a white militia. Other white militia groups came out and known patriots by their omission, not by the, not by the, not by retort, rhetoric, by their own omission, patriots came out and they stood inside the Capitol area, held their own event. And it became like a little counter protest here. They just assumed everyone was antique, probably because the suit drive that, so here's a thing, here's a, a, a thing that happens out here. People will host an event and they'll use taglines like BLM or Antifa. And they paint it in pretty colors and they don't understand the rhetoric they're using because they don't inject themselves into the politics. And so they host an event. There's no Antifa. There's no BLM. It's just them and their friends. And then they get counter-protested. And so we don't do these things, but they still would come and counter-protest us or be out against us at the bottom of the Capitol stairs. What are are some of these things? You're saying people might just use some of the rhetoric from BLM and Antifa? And that's how yeah. they get confused with them. What, yeah, what do so, you mean? Like, like it, what? So, so if you were to let's let's say you were hosting an event and you made a graphic, and put the graphic out on the social media sphere. If you tag, if you tag things like anti for this or anti for that, anti famine. We have a there's a group out here called anti famine, and it's a play on Antifa, right? right. And but all they do is literally feed people. Right. They actually only feed people. These are protesters who just make food. Right. And so uh, what happens is that a lot of these conservatives, they go, oh, these guys are anti. These guys are BLM. Okay. Um, 
When it when it when it's white people, they just call them Antifa. When it's black people, they just call them BLM. For for a few months, they were called. We were we had to fight the BLM name. Once they we were on the news, we were on uh, we were on nine news, and they were like BLM protesters blocked down the streets. And and in my head, I'm thinking we are, we're actively saying that this is who we are. BLM is not us, but BLM will tag us and 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 be like we've been out here doing the work. Uh, once they tagged us online. It was our protest. It was only us, and they tagged us and said, "We're out here doing the work." Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag BLM. Bam! Now we're all BLM. No matter, no matter what, no matter what. So, so now you got, we have so, to destroy so, that. So I, I just gotta just make, paint this all for people. You have a movement. Otep is not for BLM, but BLM takes their label and slaps it on you and takes credit for your work. Now you're now you're in in the eyes of the locals viewed as BLM. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. And and and, and it's not even just that too. You know, we can be. By the way, all these conversations I have where I'm trying to like disprove my mistaken identity are with white liberals. They're all white liberals. They're all white liberals. Black people don't even walk up to us and say, "Hey, are y'all BLM?" They walk up to us and they see us leading and all these white people and black people, they go, hey, what is this? And we get to tell them, it's only white people. They go, are you guys, have you guys gone with BLM? Or are, are you guys a part of BLM 280? Or, uh, or, or are you guys a part of this? It's always some sub-socialist or BLM group or some type of, uh, but they won't openly say Antifa. Like, are you with Antifa? But they'll be like, are you with any of these other groups? Yeah. And then you got to disprove it. They go, well, I heard on Reddit, I heard on Reddit that you guys were this, right? I didn't even have, I didn't even know what Reddit really was until the protest. Okay. Literally. I had to get on Reddit to find out I was being, you know, castigated by all these white people behind my back. Wow. I had no clue that on Reddit, Reddit is essentially a forum for white people to criticize black leadership, black people. Okay. That's literally what they do. At one point, they were like, at one point, uh, people were talking about my activism and they go, well, it doesn't have to be, why does it always have to be about one group? And in my head, I'm thinking, the everything we're doing is in the context of black liberation. So if we're talking one group, it's black people. And even ourselves, we've, we've done the, 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 the hardest thing, I feel like, for someone like myself, you know, with, a, with who, who believes in this behind me, is include other races while I'm talking about the things we need out here. Because I have to, because if I don't, they'll cancel me and I won't be able to help actual people. Mm. And so the actual help I do is mitigated or it's uh, you know it's determined by how inclusive I speak. And you know, all of these things I had to develop new language. A lot of the people who protested with me who weren't black or who weren't just uh, regular straight who weren't who weren't straight people or uh, trans people or were a lot of trans people. And so I had to learn to respect them the way they wanted to be respected rather than telling them, which I would often do, I'd say, all of you are humans. You're all divine beings to me. I would say this bit, uh, verbally in speeches mm. to, to kind of get to them and, and reinforce that we are people first. And if you're out here for black people, then you're out here for black people, not black men or black women. You're out for black people. Yeah. But they don't want that. They want you to include them. They want you to include them no matter what. And they'll destroy you if you don't include them. 
And so I got into the situation where if I didn't say black and this and that and this and that, someone's got something to say. First a white person, and the white person will convince their black friend who is ultra liberal, and then their black friend will convince other white people, and then those white people will come to town. Uh-huh. And when y'all see me on Twitter and I'm banging, a lot of the times I might be banging with some of these white liberals. In the very beginning, I was banging with white liberals hard because I didn't believe, because I said Planned Parenthood well, was bad for black people, because I said that um, LGBTQ people and black people aren't, uh, don't have the same problems. Yeah. Literally, those two tweets uh, got me in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Mm. And But through all of this, to the credit of uh, of, of hotepism, to the credit of being a hotep, through all of this, I was able to pull white liberals from their ideologies. Mm. And so there's a few now who are really, really on code with me. Mm. You know, when, when I express this or that, they're on code with me. They understand it. Mm. And uh, some of them, they're like, you know, I don't think socialism is good. Some of them have dropped socialism, communism, and leftism because mm. of me, because mm. of my words to them, because of the words of these other Black people who spoke alongside me. Because there's some powerful-ass voices that were kicking knowledge to these white folks. And we, we were red-pilling a lot of liberals out here. And then the conservatives really came out. And then that once 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 conservatives come out, you can't rip the liberal. Because all they see is red. Literally. All they see is that, you know, that that red hat. All they see is that Trump flag. They don't understand what we're actually fighting for. And furthermore, which made, you know, which became more serious to me, which is why I was uh, reaching out to you for help, was because I was doing what you were doing, but the 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 racist element I was dealing with weren't like trolls you know, that I could block with a button, they're actual white supremacists because Colorado has a long list of actual active gangs. I've watched them put white people on who are being released. I've watched them share their uh, their education in prison, their, their rhetoric. I've watched them teach, put yourself in this position, put yourself in that position. I've seen them. I know these tattoos. All of these things are out here right now and they hide like little snakes in the middle of the Patriots, right? And then the Patriots, they hide in the middle of MAGA. And so now MAGA, which is mostly just old white people who don't want things to change in their life, which is fine, you know, who, who and, and I don't, I'm not against that, right? But it's the ones behind who want to deputize themselves, who are like, you know, who make callbacks to, to Betsy Ross flag, uh, flag style, you know, thinking, or, or who are three percenters legitimately or who are, who, you know, uh, who practice real Norse ideology, um, which out here in Colorado, uh, the gangs, they hide under the Asatru folk assembly, which is, uh, it's, it's, it's Norse ideology. There's, hey, if you're a white ethnocentrist, that's great. If you're a white ethnocentrist who wants to murder niggas, then that's not great. And they're out there, unfortunately. I was seeing these things. I know because I had these confrontations. And so I was... Now my problem is how do I how do I stop them and let through their gates the uh, the the MAGA people because these MAGA people we can actually converse with right we can have a conversation sit down maybe not sit down but we can have conversations and they almost meet on the road with us even some of these people when we tell them the contradiction is in your flag and this flag they go well there's no contradiction right and then you talk to them about how these systems 
actually affect them, the white person? If, and, and if they became uh, unhoused, how would it affect them in Colorado? And they go, damn, I didn't know that that existed. And they go, you know what? You're right about that. I just think that Trump will do this. And I'm like, that's fine. Let's move past him and talk about this, right? You can't get those people without confronting the white supremacist because the white supremacist will enforce staying away from these people, will enforce that they're Antifa. They will enforce that protesters of our kind shouldn't converse with protesters of their kind. And so if you remove them, I guarantee you MAGA would probably just walk up to a protest and speak to these people, but they hide in plain sight. They hide with the hats on. I watched a dude in full MAGA regalia who had who had a, who had iron cross tattoos that were filled in with pictures of swastikas. Now, someone might say he could have, you know, left that behind. Yeah, you're right. He could have. He could have left that behind to get a swastika to get a bunch of swastikas paint, uh, tattooed inside of your tattoo. You have to extract blood from a black body. That is a rule in a in a white gang. I know this. I've watched it happen. And so I look at this guy and I go, Is he really MAGA? I listen to his rhetoric and the things he speaks, the callbacks he makes are callbacks to prior to the living white movement, uh, rhetorical callbacks to that. Things that only people who study history understand and white liberals don't study history. So they're yelling at the Trump fanatic when really they should be turning and, you know, directing their ire at this guy because this guy's quiet and saying the important things we should watch out while this guy's going Trump 2020 and they're like, fascist, fucking fascist. And, and there's an actual white supremacist right next to them. So, so the white supremacist is, is embedding himself inside the MAGA movement. Easily. 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 And, the, you know, the police, they play with this. They know who is a part of MAGA and who is not because you see how they interact with certain members. You know, these when these people shake hands and so, so one of the things that I noticed like that I could never destroy was uh, people doing hating this right here, right? The, uh, the, the, really the blood symbol to me, or we can go further. It's not even the blood symbol if you want to talk. But, you know, I would see that and they're like, that's racist, that's the okay symbol. And I'm like, y'all don't even know that these dudes have, you know, single word phrases that represent them being racist. So while you're looking at this dude trying to trigger you with his fingers, this dude's saying actual terminology that means something. Same, same premise as before. And so this is how they hide. They hide through mis misinformation and, and a lack of education. And so people like myself come out, put ourselves in danger, educate these people on who's hiding in the ranks, and then now it's easier for people to speak out at the people they see as white supremacists, right? Now they go, if we're going to come out, if we're trying to protest against um, uh, white supremacy, we'll do it this way. And if we're going to protest against a system in Colorado that is uh, not affecting everyone equally, equitably, then we'll speak about it this way. So we had to teach these people how to do that while weeding out also socialists who just want socialism. They don't even care. Mm. Mm. So it seems like you, you're you making some headway with uh, the white liberal. And then MAGA hats show up and then all of the work you've done is kind of gone out the window because they see the red hat, they're triggered. And yep. they're sending their vitriol at, you know, the basic boomer MAGA person. But the real problem are these 
gangs of white supremacists. Yes. And they don't yes. even see those. They're directing their vitriol towards some all-white boomer. That's right. That's right. So it's... it's it, then, it so so, so then the, the white case. supremacists are sort of like the PSL to the white liberal. Yes. Yes. That's mm. right. Mm. That's right. And And it's really easy, you know... When I have a when I when I had these conversations for a while, they were doing a thing called Union of the People. We got on Saturday and we talked to the MAGA crowd that started gathering for the Stop the Steal. And the conversations that I had allowed me to visibly point out how easily a white conservative is misled, like a white liberal is misled by the people who are in their group or who lead their groups. Right. And if they don't pay attention to this rhetoric, they can be change they can become someone else that believe in something they don't even understand and so this is happening on both sides and since i can only get white liberals to come and help it happens the most with white liberals everyone knows how conservatism is fucked up we all know everybody can point out the things that need to be fixed in conservatism in order for that to be applicable you know everyone knows that but they don't know is how does liberalism actually affect people on the ground? The keywords, the, the tactics, not everybody knows that. And so they just get swept up in opinions, opinions, instead of forming their own. And so that's, you know, me wanting to come out and stop that is why, why I'm in this situation now. Hmm. Mm. Man. So that's the conundrum we were in the other day, you know, when, um, Ray hit me and, you know, we had this conversation and um, thinking about this. And now, now I understand a little bit more. So you have the white liberals who are being misled by the socialists. Then you have the MAGA crowd out there in Colorado, which is being basically used and misused by these white supremacist gangs. Um, and then you have yourself right dab in the middle where you're just trying to do something right for the community and you know, you get attacked basically from both sides. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Because, awesome. because the socialists are mad because you're not socialist and MAGA is upset because they think you're one of the socialists or anti for BLM. Okay. And then okay. even when you say you're not BLM, BLM wants to put their tag on you. Media wants to put that BLM tag on you. Um, the MAGA people are accidentally putting that tag on you, and you're like, "I'm I'm none of these things." Yeah, that's that's one hell of a conundrum. Yeah, you know my my thing is, what were you about to say? No, no, keep on. Now my thing is, I, I I just fear for your safety, man. You know, um. And, and, and I think about, you know, I think about myself and I think about people like you and I'm like, you're a better person than me, man. I got to be honest with you. I would not be doing that shit, though. I would not be doing none of that shit. I'd be like, man, fuck all y'all. I'm going to fucking take care of my family and my own. Y'all go do what the fuck y'all want to do. You know? Um, and so my hat goes off to you for, for doing this. Cause I damn sure wouldn't do this shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I'm glad we got people like you out there that, that exist in this world that are putting that work in. 
Because if motherfuckers was marching alongside some socialists, I'd be on social media laughing at they dumbasses, you know? And you're like, kind of, you know, hit black people to this, like, yo, da 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 You know? Um, how old are you? 33. 33? Yeah, in my 20s, I probably would have been out there. You know, I remember in my 20s, I used to go to a lot of, like, gatherings and protests and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd go out to um, New York and... Uh, some of those marches and, you know, some of the NOI things. And I just like being in that vibe, you know, um, maybe, you know, up until about 30 something, you know, I, I try to go out there. Um, but now at my old age, man, I just turned 40 and fuck all these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, for you, I think the the first thing is, you know, the safety, you know, you and plus you're in like a weird place, right? Like, I'm in Jersey. You're in Colorado. I don't know shit about Colorado. You know what I mean? When I think Colorado, I just think white people, you know? I, you, you might as well. <laughs> you know, I think... You might, you I, might as well. I think white people with guns, you know? I think whites and Hispanics. Whites and Hispanics? Yeah, think think uh, think Hispanic workers and think like Hispanic trade workers and white people. Mm. Because that's the majority... That's, that's, that's what the demographic is more mostly swayed to out there. Yeah, mm. the, uh, they got whole neighborhoods that are filled with only trade workers who are all Hispanic. Whole neighborhoods. No one even knows that these neighborhoods were built not by the Hispanics but by white people, and then they moved them there. So they 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 they're weaponizing fools left and right out here, mm. and no one even understands the jokes. Hmm. Hmm. Who's the majority, conservative or liberal? It used to be conservative. I think it's liberal now, sure. Liberals are popping up, huh? When I came out and I saw, uh, after George Floyd's murder, when I saw that first march, I was like, man, I'm a, I got a lot of work to do because liberalism is popping out there. Like, man, when I'm, when I'm talking in between the Capitol and the city council building, it's just flooded with people and all the conversations are all liberal style conversations unless you are uh, a black nationalist of some of some sort those are the only times you hear our, our talk otherwise it's you know it's everything everything liberal that you can think under the umbrella you know the uh sometimes sometimes what happens is people will not even be able to complete a conversation because everybody has to get on the same page with not misgendering people like a whole conversation will keep stopping like this <laughs> You're trying you know to talk saying? and they want to stop and say, you're using the wrong pronouns. <laughs> oh, God. Every, for real, it happens. It happens just like that. And um, I mean, no, I, I think I thought about my safety in the beginning. I think about my safety now. And, uh, you know, when we first started, we kind of were loose. And now, we, you know, we all had to get like actual vests, you know what I'm saying, to like walk around because we were dealing with like people who had some guns who were not cops, who were you know, scoping. And yeah. so like we, we, we developed into all these types of uh, uh, units of, um, you know, essentially deputized uh, protesters, you know, just you, you have to show them that you're not scared of them. And I mean, even to speak to myself individually, you know, I, I told my mom when she got on the phone with me and my dad and my grandma, and they're like, I'm scared for you doing this in the beginning. They're like, I'm scared for you being out here in this. And I keep saying in my head, well, if I'm in a situation right now where I can do something and I die, 
and I've not done anything, I feel like I'm letting everyone down because you know my 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 nationalism is inspired by Khalid for real. It's inspired by Gandhi for real. It's inspired by Clark. It's inspired by all of these old black intellectuals and war, you know, and uh, and warriors. And it's it's inspired by uh, some something deeper, something deeper than what's happening out here right now. Yeah. And so I have to be out there because I know that there's others like me. And I found a lot of, them. Uh, you know, we they, they had a thousand black man meetup out here, and the NOI came out, and uh, not and and also to mention all these white people who are like, yeah, we love black people, we'll do anything. When they had the thousand black man meetup, there was not one white person out. It was only black men and women out there, literally. Because it only. wasn't because it wasn't a BLM movement. Because it wasn't a BLM. The next day, that was it. The next day, or was it the day before that? Uh, the, one of the days uh, in that week, BLM hosted for the LGBTQ press, and that whole area was packed. Huh. Thousand black men meetup came. It was about two hundred black people. That's it. Two hundred black people. The only white people out there were the unhoused people down the road. White liberals was at home. You know what I'm saying? Reading up, reading on their Malcolm, reading up on their Malcolm. Quote, quote Malcolm on the internet. And, and you know what I'm saying? So, like, really, I know who's got my back. And so when I'm out here, I know that I know that the only people that have my back are these black people that I'm rocking with. And so, yes, my safety is a concern, but what's more of a concern for me is those black people that got my back because they don't want to quit because they know that we can do something for each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we, we networked because of all of this. You know, we, we managed to create a, a pretty large network of black and melanated people because we also have found that there's a lot of radical people who aren't black who are all about black people because they understand that if we get something they'll get something and they understand that system yeah and so there's a shitload of them who rock with us okay. uh the american indian movement their representative came out and publicly supported us marched with us, rocked with us, and has been rocking, rocking with us, called us down to Pueblo to help them out. And so there is fear, but there's also duty. And, you know, when I see older uh, older brothers like myself, uh, all I think is you put in work already, and what you're doing is you're educating and making sure that those of us who are out here can, uh, can, can do the work properly. You're the command center for our military so we can go out there with tools to attack these people. You know, when I listen to Shaka Amos or Sanetta and I'm listening to these brothers speak, I'm understanding how to help my people. And then I go out there and I do the work they did. I do the work you did. And then I come back and I lament on the internet, <laughs> mm, you know? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. that, that's, that's kind of how I see it. I, not everybody has to be out here. Not everybody should be out here. Yeah. But if you have the ability to, and you know you are capable of helping people, damn it, you need to be out here because there are ears that can affect things. You might not be able to fix something, but you can teach someone who can teach someone else to fix something. Yeah, and that is a thing that happens, and I've seen it happen on the ground. You know, but in the beginning, in the beginning, me, my, uh, me, my, uh, my friend, my girlfriend. And another friend, we were doing everything, everything. We were handling everyone's issue. 
We were handling every every situation. We were we we, we had a whole camp and we were having to deal with the woes of unhoused people and white liberals every morning when we got out of our tents, mm. literally. So all of these people we developed, we developed for this, we developed to do these things. So I mean it's it's hard to be in the position we put ourselves in. I'm gonna um finish these super chats and then I'm gonna tell you what's on my mind. Um Mortal Thinker 1999, thank you. He said a little something for the tip jar. I appreciate you, Hotep Jesus, for what you and Unc be doing out here. Yo, no doubt. Thank you, man. Javon Smiley, $10 super chat. Appreciate you, homie. Uh, F Google, too, says uh, Blackmail Hotep experienced the Tower of Babel Mark strategy. Uh, people who live next to each other but cannot communicate, keeping majority unable to express. Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, I'm sort of formulating... You know, when I think about change, I always think propaganda, right? I'm a marketer, so I think propaganda. So I'm thinking about this pamphlet, this this four-page pamphlet. And on one side, it says good and bad. On the other side, it says good and bad. The left, the one side is left, and the other side is right. So on the left side, we put MAGA good, right? And on, 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 on the other side, we're going to put, uh, you know, white person, not MAGA. I'm going to call them not MAGA, right? Good. Then we have socialist bad, white supremacist bad. And then we're going to illustrate how both of these sides are being ruined by this minority group. So how whites on the left or, or non-MAGA whites are being ruined. Uh, their reputation is being ruined and led astray by... Um, um, these socialists and how MAGA is being labeled white supremacists because there's entities embedded in them within their ranks, right? And and letting that propaganda go out and 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 maybe there's a page on there that shows you know the non-MAGA and and the MAGA person actually have a lot in common and and want the same thing. They want you know peace for their people, family, so on and so forth. I think what's most telling is. Um, and, and I think needs to be on this propaganda piece is the fact that um, you have a thousand black man march and not a single white liberal shows up. <laughs> None of them show up. But when it's time for BLM to do their agenda march, they come out in droves, right? So black people said the other day when they had the, uh, the incident that happened at the Capitol on the 6th. People said if that was black people, you know, it would have um, we would have been mowed down. And in my head, I'm like, what kind of black people? <laughs> yeah. What kind? What kind? what kind? If it was if it was Black Panther style black people, there wouldn't have been no mowing. It would have been, been no mowing. If it was Black Panther style black people, it wouldn't have been no mowing because they did that in the past. Right. They did that in the past, and and I heard people, you know, say, well, you know, things were different then. They were killing black people for real back then right. at, and, and hiding it in plain sight and saying, this is what you get. And they still did that. They even marched on the Capitol with AIM once before, Black Panthers and Russell Means. And so, yeah, if it was them, no. If it was uh, protesters like myself, who's black people like me, you know what I'm saying? All of us coming up, protests, they would probably shoot us for real. They would probably shoot a few before the gates opened up. I think no matter what, they let the gates open up. But 
they would definitely open fire on black nationalists. They wouldn't open fire on, on socialists. Right. I, I think that they'll, I think that they might tear gas a lot. They would, they, they would have tear gas the shit out of all of us. Cause we'd watch them tear gas us at a vigil, at a whole candlelight vigil. They came out and tear gassed everybody, mm. everybody. Um, there's a whole video of it. There was a dude playing violin in the middle of tear gassing. <laughs> For real, on a truck. It was a big deal. In the front of this municipal center, tear gassed everybody. They weren't even doing it. So, I, I mean, that's kind of how I feel. If it was black people, they would have to be some armed black people, you know. It had to be a bunch of uh, BGM walking up in there. Like, it, it, it has to be something like that. Organized, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super organized and armed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But had it been, you know, just some um, unarmed hoteps, we probably would have got shot. Um, some cases. Yeah, some cases put on us, yeah. But I feel like if it was the BLM socialist, you know, pronoun Twitter, I think they'd have just brought them into the house and said, yo, y'all want some they, Kool-Aid? They'd let them in. They'd let them in. Because they wouldn't have destroyed the house. Yeah, I don't think they wouldn't. Have, I don't think they would have destroyed the house. I don't think that because you saw how how quickly they reacted in defense of it. Right. They were like, they. I, I saw on 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 BLM Twitter the picture of that black security guard, that black officer with his hand up, and it said, "This is a hero." And in my mind, I was like, "No, that's not. He's protecting the very building you should hate the most." Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they would let them walk in there because they think BLM people are stupid because they are. Which, I'm sorry, they, they 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 are. If you're, you know, there's Black Liberation, the Black Liberation Movement, and then there's the Black Lives Matter movement. And if right. you're not a Black Liberation Movement, you done. Yeah, that's how I feel, and I say that quite often at the expense of getting kids. Um, what do you think about the six? Do you think? The people who stormed inside the building were plants, ancient provocateurs, or do you think that was MAGA people? Or what do you? <laughs> so the old lady with the flag, she she might not even know why she was there. Yeah. Okay. Old lady with the flag, no, she don't know why I was there. Now let's talk about the. People who got uh, to a uh, to a um, what is this? Uh, it's not John Lewis. What is that? Uh, the, the the black dude's name. They got to his office and took his iPad. Jim Clyburn. Clyburn. Okay. They got his iPad. They found his secret office. Uh. They found secret offices that weren't on the map. Uh. Okay. Uh, uh, Lauren. She led a tour. She led a tour with them three dudes that were there. She led a tour in the in that in that space. Uh, there were police officers that were in the protest, not in their gear. Mm. There was Congress people that were in the protest, and people and a lot of them were snitching online, like, "Oh, we got this. you know they told us to do this or they said that," and then would delete their comments. Okay. You had uh, Ayanna Presley. The panic button in her office was taken. I was taken out before that event. Before that event, she speaks about that panic button being taken out of her office and her not knowing why before that event ever happened, before that day, okay? They 
they're, they, like I said, just like, just like if I were to lead a thousand person march down the road and there's a small contingent of people in there who are like, this is the perfect time to destroy a Starbucks or some shit. You know what I'm saying? The same thing happened. They let that crowd lead them in there so that those who were there were there to do something. They wanted the ability to hold that for real. They brought zip ties. I have walked with zip ties on my gear. You only use zip ties for agitators. You only use zip ties to hold people. You don't put them on to lock. They brought gear to hold people down. And that's that's fact. So make half of them, half of them, no. Half of them probably showed up and was like, we're going to get our president. Right? Yeah. That old lady was probably like, I voted yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of those plants, all of those other people, they did something. A cop died that day. And, and, and they no police department talking about it. Ain't no police department talking about it. The back, the, that that thin blue line is silent. Mm. That that that's a thing. Um, there were Vietnamese uh, people out there. There was a whole Vietnamese crowd out there that day, flying a uh, flying their flag, which was representative of them being against communism. Mm. And it was how they're against communism. These are Vietnamese Americans. Mm. Uh, there was there was three percenters out there. There was a there was a flag out there that had the um, had the words. Uh, um, something lave it means come take it. It go it's uh the, the come and take it uh, uh statement that come and take it statement comes from uh Greece originally or it's, uh yeah it comes from Greece originally and the sentiments behind the belief of the come and take it were for uh for armed people they're for the the armed crowd the um the uh, uh like not the NRA groups but the you know the militia groups they fly that flag but the come and take it is in reference to the, the their strongholds and the things their ideologies and so they've expressed these on their channels on their channels uh the daily shooter if y'all want to hear the daily shooter that's a youtube channel that's run by white people and that dude he is if, if you want to know what's really going on jump on their channel and i do that i jump on their channel mm. so they were out there um you know there was uh as far as regalia goes there's just not enough time to pick through all of these specific iconography that shows who was really out there doing what, what their means were. You know, everybody was focused more on like QAnon shaman. You know what I'm saying? Like they were focused on Bank Alaska. They were focused on all these other people. They were not focused on the people who were doing things with a specific purpose in mind that would get them control over a specific people. And they use conservatism to hide under that mask. They were there. It was plants that was up in that spot. They let them in there. Facts. Mm, Facts. Mm, Come get me. Um, we're about to inaugurate uh, Joe Biden uh, as president. Um, what can we expect from his presidency and Kamala Harris for black people specifically for the next four years? Do you have any thoughts on that? See if I can find anything that they plan but I can't find nothing. Um, <laughs> black people aren't going to get shit. We are going to get what everyone else gets. So they might give, you know, they might give some bailouts to people. They're going to give them to everybody. They're going to be like, this is for you, black people. They may, they may discuss, they, they may do away with student loan debt. Congratulations, black people, right? 
that's not a black issue, but that's what they'll say. Um, you know, they may do what they believe, what they say is prison reform, which is a farce. What prison reform means, and if they're not mentioning these things and they're lying to you, prison reform means helping out the nonviolent. We don't represent the majority of the nonviolent. We just represent the majority of those in prison. So naturally, we will represent a majority of those released regardless, right? But they are releasing the majority nonviolent, which are mostly white people and Hispanics, those who are on drug cases. If they're black and you have a violent case or a case close to nonviolent, they can aggravate you and make you violent and keep you there mm -hmm. and then release more people. I know this because I was in prison and I watched them work this system. There's a reason the law library exists. And so they will do that. They will help the nonviolent population. So on paper, they can say we helped all niggas, but really they didn't help us at all because we're still in, in, you know, so locked up in an express rate. They're going to make certain things illegal that will not necessarily say that they're going to lock up a lot of us, but it's inherently going to pin us, target a lot of us. They said they're going to give money to these businesses, right? They, uh, to, um, they, they said black businesses. I heard it. And they also said L, uh, LGBTQ businesses, um, Hispanic businesses, and uh, women, women, women businesses. That's the key word. When they say women, they don't mean women of color. They mean white women. Because those, if you, if you go into the pool of business owners, white women and their families will have inherently the ability to take advantage of that. They've done it before. They've been like, we're going to help you women. And it ended up being overwhelmingly white women. And then every other type of woman, no. So they're going to do that. And they're going to be like, we help y'all black people. And that's it. Mm. That's all they're going to do for black people. Mm. All. That's all they're going to do. Much of the same. Much of literally the same. Sounds I like don't the, think. Sounds like I the Civil Rights new. Act. Sounds like the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Sheila Jackson Lee, she was like, we're going to reopen HR 40 and it's going to be different this time. First of all, HR 40 was a joke. Because all that did was, it was a study to study reparation. And we're, we're going we're gonna to have a study to study the study to maybe give you niggas some shit. And then we already had this study so many times, right? So she's going to come out and make us think we're getting something all the way into the Kamala Harris presidency. And after that, you know, who knows what will happen. Maybe it'll be mass incarceration for black people President Harris. I got a super chat here from TL. He said, do you believe the future is multiracial or races getting separate states? I think that if technology has its way, then race will disappear after my death, after your death. When my, when my child is old, there's going to be race. Race is going to disappear altogether. The lines are going to get blurred even more uh, when you, you realize, like, as like, people like myself and other people, we are we would be considered the demagogues of this age because we're still talking blackity-black or we're still talking, you know, whatever the case. So we are a minority already, and we're going to become a shrinking minority already. People are going to stop talking about race and start talking about the things that bring them together because... The majority of the people on this earth will become melanated. And the more melanated this earth becomes, the more our thinking becomes about what brings us together instead of what separates us. 
when white people become the ultimate majority or the ultimate minority, race will not be the thing we talk about. It'll be what brings humans together because then we're gonna, we're talking about how technology is going to affect human growth. And the like, technology itself is going to remove race from the algorithm completely. completely. Mm. And I can't, and I'm, unfortunately, I might not even live to see that. Mm. But I want that because I don't want that to be a big You're saying this is organic, but um, that might play into what the New World Order has is creating this homogenous society of one race people. Okay, so there's ways for it to actually happen, right? From New World Order perspective, that is the eventuality. Yeah. If people hold their space and make that their reality rather than, you know, if if in these small groups of people, we are all discussing these things and how to move forward properly, then that system may never be able to take hold. Uh -huh. And we all still may integrate in a way where, where we don't see differences without them controlling us. Yeah. Again, I think those people will even become a minority. Unfortunately, I don't see a scenario where the people gain control in the next 10 or 15 years. I don't see a scenario like that. Mm. And so we have to look at what the past has shown us when a, you know, when a regime takes control fully, finally, because America has not controlled its people very well. When America has actual control, then, you know, then, then those things are going to happen. Mm. So there's only so much we can do, you know, to, to, to fight the flow, you know, write your books and, and keep your, your your library, pass it on to your child. But even your child, and that ideology your child has for you will become white. And mm. that's just, it's just the, the the course of human evolution until we transcend it. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting. Um, strong ass talk today, man. Um, you got my support. Whatever you need from me, you know you got it. Um, I'm going to be thinking about your problem. I mean, you got such a particular problem. It's really hard for me to help. Right. Um, and, and it's just so like multifaceted. I mean, you got fucking white liberals on this side and you got fucking MAGA on this side and, and the white people on this side are controlled by socialists and the white people over here are controlled by white nationalist separatist groups. And it's just like, that's a lot to fucking deal with. And then you then you're dealing with gang elements, so your life is at risk, right? Um and I'm fighting the courts. And I'm fighting the courts also. And you got the state on your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For 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 doing the opposite. Because the state believes that I led these people. The people, they shamed me for leading them out. And the group who actually did it are labeling me as the people who kept them there. So I'm not even, I can't even be one person in this whole group and end up getting charged by the state. For it. So mm. it's, it's a CD, CD evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be thinking about this, man. It's going to be, I'm going to let my subconscious work on it. See what my intuition comes up with. Um, everybody, you should go follow uh, Black Brown Hotep. Uh, the link to his Twitter profile is uh, in the description box. Um, tune into him. Find out how many different ways you can support what he's got doing. If you know people out there in Colorado, um, put the message out and let's start educating the people on the nuances of this uh, political system.
um uh, sketch therapy was right i think you need to start documenting a lot of this stuff on a on a website or some something like that um you know putting dates and events and exactly what happened um you know and everything needs to be documented yeah i, I i've been i've been uh, categorizing cataloging all the stuff and, you know we have a lot of archives i've been writing about most of this so that way it can be expressed properly yeah uh, i will be live streaming on that inauguration because they plan, you know, the the MAGA plans to go out and do their thing. These these Antifa dudes, they want to go out and, and counter protest them, which is essentially doing the same thing that you protested against. Them. I, I gotta, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be live streaming. Yeah, yeah, I'm a live stream. Where, where, uh, where are you gonna live stream? Is it Twitter? Or... I'm gonna I'm gonna do it via Twitter. I'm live okay. Stream. Yeah, follow yeah. on to Twitter tomorrow. You'll be able to see his live stream covering some protests and counter protests of um out there in Colorado, right? Those are gonna be in the Capitol near the Capitol building or, or where are they gonna yeah, be? Yeah, they're gonna be at the Capitol. So it's I guess MAGA people are, are gonna be protesting the inauguration and Yeah, they're gonna be they plan to come out and this uh all of the leftists have essentially organized to go out and protest against them. But I'm not like really sure what they're protesting against because it's supposed to be fuck twelve. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's just strange to me. It's strange. The enemy of your enemy can be your friend, or you can let them duke it out. Either one. Right. But never put yourself in between them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Never give the dude like a block of gun just because he's shooting that dude across the street. Because when he empties the clip, he's gonna reload it on you. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's really hypocritical too. Um, but yeah, great conversation today. I'm gonna put this up on yes, um yes. on Apple and Spotify and so on and so forth, so people can get the audio version. Um, any any last any last words or messages you want to give to people before we get out of here? First of all, shout out to Be More. Shout out to the family back home. Everybody, read your history, your war history. Read your war history because your war history influences your political history. And if you don't do that, you are going to fail. You have a half a sword if you don't know your history. That's really the, that's really all I need to say. That's real talk. That's real talk. Um, so Arce said, uh, visit Western Colorado. Colorado is bigger than Denver. Cool, cool. Um, thank you, man. Um, Great conversation, man. You're going to have a lot for me to think about, man. But I'll catch up with you next time, yo. Yeah. All right, yo. Go ahead. Get out of here. I'm going to close out the show. All right. Hotel. Um, yeah, people. Um, fucking, there you have it. You know, you set up uh, a protest. And um, this is why I try to tell conservatives sometimes. They're like, oh, look, this protest is BLM. And I'm like, y'all doing the same thing the left does. Sometimes these people that are protesting or whatever aren't actually BLM. Sometimes they are anti-BLM. And you do the same thing the left does. They You co-opt it. I've seen a lot of conservative grifters do this. You know, there's a, a pro protest of black people and they say, oh, BLM is out here protesting. It's like, how do you know they're BLM? These people might not even be BLM. This my, you know, like, I, and, and they're just quick with it because they know if they type BLM in, it'll go viral and they'll get their retweets and engagement. 
So, you know, Trey's doing a protest and Black Lives Matter says, oh, we're out here doing the work. Look at us. And he's like, I don't even like y'all. But they'll post it to their Twitter account, their Instagram account and try to take and try to take credit for, for his work. And he don't even fuck with Black Lives Matter like that. And then you got the MAGA people coming out saying, oh, you're Antifa, you're Black Lives Matter. He's like, I don't even like them people. So there's a lot of nuance to these conversations. I just, you know, I'm glad I had him on. You know, we got, again, I always talk about primary sources. People are actually out there in the streets putting that work in. And hearing it from the horse's mouth and hearing these stories about how the socialists will come in, redirect your, your movement, like they redirect this protest, march them to the police station. And when shit gets hot, they hop in their truck, you know, all five of them, and leave those people to get, tear gassed and, and pepper sprayed and shot with rubber bullets. You know, it's, it's a dangerous thing. Um, but, uh, I got, I got one more message for y'all before we get out of here. And that's this right here. Ladies and gentlemen, pogs and malls. Guess what? The greatest award show of all time is almost upon us. The 2020 Grifties is almost here. Make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Jesus. The show airs on January 21st. We are starting off the year big, baby. Big! The Grifties, man. Make sure you go subscribe. Ebony just posted the link right there. In the chat, Josh Randall, free thinkers will be enemy number one to the Biden team. Yeah, I agree. Make sure y'all go get glued in the Grifties are coming, man. 21st, we got a dedicated channel for that. So make sure y'all glue into that dedicated channel. It's not going to be on this channel. It's going to be on the special Grifties channel. So you'll see the Grifties and then you'll see uh, bonus footage and, and, and maybe some bloopers or something like that. Um, but yeah, go check that out. That's going to be really dope. Um, so make sure y'all y'all get in tune and we're gonna drop a lot of fun content on that channel and 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 get buck wild over there. Uh, so make sure y'all get glued in with that. Um I'm Hotep Jesus. This has been another sharp conversation. And I'm out of here. Y'all be safe, man. Hotep and love.